Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. So one guy ran up on the stage and dived into the baptismal in his suit and got out. And I'm like, that, that, they blaming all that on the Holy Spirit. That's messed up. Maybe lying on the Holy Ghost like that. That's, that, that, that's a penalty for that, you know? And so in the middle there, it's like, let all things be done, decent and in order. Like we're not quenching the spirit in any area. Uh, we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the day, absolutely. But we want it to be done decent and in order, in line with the word of God. Have you ever seen people take too much liberty in the name of the Holy Spirit? In today's message from Pastor Bill, he warns you to make sure that the gifts of the Holy Spirit align with what's in God's Word. Sometimes people will go crazy doing outrageous things, saying that it's the move of the Spirit, when in actually, it's them displaying a false teaching. Pastor Bill reminds you to always stay in order and in line with the Bible. If it's not in line with the Bible, it is not the Holy Spirit. Let the Bible guide you. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. As I told you guys before, and I will say this again, while we would discourage coming together and all speaking in tongues, I am encouraging those of us that may get a word from the Lord to be free in that. Um, not to be hindered in that. And I told you guys before, what if you're, you know, for some people it's, it's, um, I'm not sure. I, I think God is telling me this, but I'm not positive. Then what I told you guys before is that that's how you want to come about. You want to approach someone and say, you know what? I'm not sure this is from the Lord, but I don't want to be disobedient and not sharing it. So I'm going to just share it. And then we'll both see together if this comes to pass. But I believe God has laid this in my heart and I'm going to share it. It would be better to do that than to be the, the after the event prophet. And I told y'all about that. I, nobody appreciates the guy that after it happened said, yeah, the Lord showed me. Yeah, you know, like nobody's edified or benefited by the fact that you let us know after it happened that it happened. But it's when you speak up beforehand that it has the opportunity to, to, to be edifying, to comfort, uh, sometimes to convict. And so I would encourage you guys as part of the body. That's one of the ways that a body of believers ministers one to another. Um, there may be times where you're sitting in. You know, the Lord just, man, the Lord just lays someone on your heart or lays something on your heart and it, it just be spot on. I've, I've had at times the Lord lay someone on my heart and just say, man, call them. Like, like call them, right? Like, like it's impressed upon me. You need to call them. They're, they're going through something. And lo and behold, I call and they are going through something and we may just pray. But in that moment, if there's a sense that, man, God is, God is involved. God is looking out for them. Um, I had at one point in time, um, my wife and I were, struggling to get some things together and you know we were we were having issues getting our dollars and cents together and, and we just sat down and prayed like I don't know what we're gonna do we just gotta pray and I had somebody call me a friend of mine pastor somewhere else he said dude God God told me that you need this and I mean it was exactly what we needed plus a little bit something for dinner you know that we can go out afterwards and it was like well if he told you I need it then shoot you know like praise the Lord but I remember you know I can't tell you how that ministered to us in that moment that, man, it was like it was for me. It was it was it was as though God were saying, man, I'm fully aware of what you're going through. I heard you when you prayed and I spoke to them and they called and it's like, boom, right there. You know, it, it could be things along those lines. Um, it, it might be times where God lays something on your heart and it's it may be convicting. This is what I want to challenge, though, because I've witnessed this in the church. Sometimes people will have a strong feeling of their own or 
they kind of feel like something might be happening or whatever. And they'll couch it with, you know, I really feel like the Lord is saying this. And I want to caution us not to do that. Because then you end up lying on the Lord, which is bad. It's a bad thing. And so, you know, first we want to judge. If, if I feel like God's given a word, first I'm going to ask God, is that for me? That might be for me. Sometimes God is speaking to me and it's not for nobody else. God's like, that's for you. You go, you go, you go sit with that word that I'm giving you. The Lord needs to direct us that it's for someone else. And I was one time at a, a, a gathering and, and um, it was all uh, ministers. So we were having a time of prayer and there was a mic like this and we were just worshiping, praying and uh, it was open. And the guys, if, if you, if the Lord laid some in your heart, you know, to come and share and want to speak to the guys, uh, just come on up. And, um, but the Bible says that, you know, let, let prophesy, but make sure that we judge it. So there was a, a couple pastors up front and they said, hey, just share with me what you feel like the Lord put on your heart. And then we'll, you know, they'll basically sign off when you coming up to the mic and saying it or whatever. And I remember there was somebody that I was with that they were in sin and the particular sin that they were in, they felt like they had a word to come tell everybody else to not be doing that sin. And they came up to talk to the pastors. Hey, I feel like the Lord wants to just tell the guys, man, the, the guys, there are people here that need to repent of this thing. And I never forget the guy that was here just said, man, the Lord's telling me that that word is for you. And so he didn't let him come to the mic. But uh, me being me, this being my friend, as he came up and he came back down, and he don't. I'm like, hey, what, what happened? And he didn't tell me uh, at that moment. But not too many months later, um, his, you know, he ended up confessing his sin. He was, you know, and and had to deal with the results of it and everything else. And he said, you know what? That day when I went up, you know, I went up to say this, and and I wanted to say that to everybody else. And and the pastor overseeing it said, no, that's that's for you. And it was, it was for him. And so. Be careful about that. Be careful about projecting on the other people the stuff that God is speaking to you. Sometimes that's what we want to do. God will speak to you about repenting in some area. You feel like everybody else needs to know to repent of this thing. And you ain't repented yet. You know, you just got a word for everybody else. Make sure that the word is first at working you. Amen. Yeah. And then and then once my plank is out, pow, I can help you get the speck out of your eye. And so back to back to first Corinthians 14 now. It is edifying, though, and we, we don't want to hold it back or quench it, but want to be careful that we do it in, in accordance with the spirit. And so verse 26 now, it says, how is it then? And this is the problem. When the Corinthians came together, everybody wanted to be seen. Everybody wanted to be up front. Everybody wanted to be recognized as a prophet or something or another. And he says, how is it then, brethren, when you come together, everybody, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. He said, let all things be done for edification. He said, you know, one of the problems with the Corinthian churches, when they came together, everybody wanted to be a part of the show. Everybody wanted to be, um, I, I want, they want the spotlight on me. And so he said, everybody, all y'all got a psalm and a prophecy and a word and a tongue and, and a church. everybody got something to say. He said, man, cut that out. Let everything be done for edification. And we, we're careful not to, not to create that kind of culture within the church, you know, where everybody is just looking for an opportunity to be, to be seen, to be, to be up, to, to be recognized. And for anybody that's coming out of those circles where, you know, in the name of the Holy Spirit, things run rampant. This is what you find. There's a few people that kind of dominate that. They'll be, they'll be the woman that always catches the Holy Ghost and has to, you know, run up and down the aisles and be seen, you know, they'll be the person that always has a prophetic word, always uh, has a tongue to go forth. And for sometimes people in their own carnal nature, they want to be out front. They want to be seen. They want to be worshipped. 
They want the glory on them. They want the, the, the focus on them. And so that kind of church culture, it, it, it really sabotages what God wants. Because God wants all the glory to go to who? To him. We always say this, but when we gather together, who's the big deal? Jesus. He's always going to be there. We, if we do this thing right, there'll never be anything more important than Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. No person, no gift, no ability, no talent, nothing of a human being, nothing that a man could offer will ever be a bigger deal or outshine what Christ did on the cross. And if, if we ever get to the point where it looks like something's in competition with Jesus, we're doing it wrong. He's it. He's always been it. He'll always be it. There'll never be anything that should even compete with Jesus. And what was happening here when they got together it was all about them. You know, I got a word. I got a tongue. So, you know, it was me, him, me, them. And God says, man, that's, that's, that's you guys. Let things be done for edification, not, not for show. And so while we don't want to quench the spirit and quench gifts, we want to be careful. Paul said we, we don't want to fall on this side of it where we quench it and we don't we don't use the gifts. He says, but let's do it in an edifying way. You got a word, then let's let let's hear it. Let's share it. You know, let let, let the people be edified by it. Um, let, but let's do things in such a way that that the Lord is glorified and people are edified, and it's not for show. Verse twenty seven. If anyone speaks in a tongue, and here goes the rules for tongues. Let there be two or three at the most. I'm sorry. Let there be two or at the most three. Listen, each in turn. That means one at a time. And let each let uh, and let one interpret. So here are the rules for tongues in a public gathering. Let there you know you can have two or three people at the most could do it. So in one gathering, Paul, at one gathering, we not have everybody not going to get up and speak. Two or three at the most tops. And after two or three people, you know, let there be it be one at a time. That means we'll listen to you. And this is how it should go. If we were in a prayer gathering, and we we would do this in more of a, the smaller settings, the home gatherings and whatnot. Uh, and let's say we have people there that speak in tongues and people that have a big interpretation, great. And let's say Brother Derek said, man, I, you know, he, he he began to just, as we're praying, he just prayed out loud in tongues. We would, we would let him pray out loud in tongues. And then afterwards, we would say, all right, we'll, we'll, wait, we'll wait for the interpretation. And rather, he has to get the interpretation. Someone else present does, we'll wait for the interpretation. Uh, we wait for someone to say, hey, you know, this is the interpretation. And the interpretation would be to who? It'd be spoken to who? To God, because when a man speaks in tongues, he speaks to God and not to men. And it would be a praise. And we would listen for that interpretation. Then we could all say, amen, that was beautiful. And we move on. Uh, and, and maybe one or two more people have a tongue and we wait on the same thing. There wouldn't be any more than that, right? This is so clear to me. I don't understand how from this people end up saying, how do we, how do we, how do we read this and then conclude that the whole church would stand up and all pray in tongues at the same time? Is this clear? Yes. It's two or two or three. That's one, two, three. Numbers are the same today as they were back then. At the most three, never more than three. So if twenty of y'all are speaking in tongues, we out of order already. Yes. Um, one at a time. That means I don't get to speak over Derek. Derek wouldn't speak over me. That would be out of order. That's what happens there too. Sometimes while the pastor's up teaching, somebody uh, you know fraudulently fraudulently catch the Holy Ghost, and now the guy is up here teaching the word, and then we got a show in aisle three. And sister, you know, Susie Big Hat is doing twirls and spins and, and shucking and jiving and stuff. And so that's the kind of mess that happens when we, we put away the word and then just let people run rampant. Right. But when you look in the word, it's, it's kind of clear that that's not it. You know, you know, we're not going to have nobody running laps around here. You know, that that would be distracting. You know, 
one at a time. You know, let him finish, get an interpretation. Next person speak. No one's inter- no one's interrupting anybody else because you know why? Would the Holy Spirit in- interrupt himself? No. So if I believe that someone's preaching under inspiration of the Holy Spirit and whatever I got to say could wait. Um, now, again, some people act like the Holy Spirit, um, they act like it's a trance, like it takes them over. That's not true either. The Bible says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to who? The prophet. That, that, that you're in control. And I, this is my argument, too. I, I had this conversation with someone. I said, look, how could the Holy Spirit, like, now if you're saying the Holy Spirit takes over you and just makes you just do all this stuff, right? How come he don't take control of you and make you stop sinning? Ooh, you got to do that by choice, don't you? You know, so to say the Holy Spirit, he only takes over me to make me jerk and talk at church. But the rest of my life is on me. That, that's a little inconsistent and convenient, you know, so that's not it. That's not the truth. I'm sorry if y'all don't mind me opening up my ice cold sweet tea work. Mm, I drink to that work. Thank you, Miss Paula. Took that right there. Hope I don't want to stumble nobody. Okay. <laughs> so, so we, we want to be careful, you guys, to do things in order. The way God lays it out, everybody benefits. And, and again, the end result is that God will be glorified. Uh, and again, I've been in settings where there have been tongues and interpretation. And it, it, it is a, it, the first time I ever experienced it done biblically, it was beautiful. I thought, man, that is, that is really cool. That's how that's supposed to go. That was awesome. I remember being in a gathering where, you know, it'd just be a time of worship and prayer and, you know, the mic was open and some people maybe go up to the mic and say something. Some people may go person to another. So like I have a word for this person or whatever. And some of you guys have heard this from me before, but at, a, at the early days of me being at Calvary Downey on Sunday nights, after the Sunday night service, they had a, a, a smaller worship and prayer gathering um, for believers uh, where the gifts of the Holy, you know, where people would come, we pray. And I was sitting there one night and I was specifically praying just to myself. The guys are up here leading worship. You know, I'm sitting in the seat out there somewhere and I'm, I'm kind of, com- I'm torn. I've been invited to get involved in high school ministry there. At that time, I was in Bible college and felt like I'm supposed to go to Inglewood way back then. That was like 2000. And I'm sitting there praying like, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm supposed to do that or do this. I'm, I'm. I just want to do what you want me to do. And I'm just praying this to myself. And this lady who I don't know, never met her before, walks up to me, tapped me on my shoulder, spooked me a little bit. I looked up at her and she said, this is what God, God put this on my heart to say to you. She said, God has a work for you here now. He has a work for you beyond here later. But right now you're supposed to settle down and be at home. And I remember I took that word. I said, man, I mean, that was as close I've ever had of God speaking audibly to me. Because I'm praying privately. Now, if I went to the mic and prayed it out loud, I wouldn't have been as amazed. But I was praying to myself. She was obedient. The Lord did tell her that. She told it to me. And that was it. I, I told, went home. That's when I told my wife, we're going to go ahead and move from Inglewood. I think we're going to be over here for a while. And we got rid of our apartment and we ended up moving over to Downey. And, and that, the Lord did have a work for me there. For 10 years, I was there. Now I get to be here. Um, so it was a legit word. But I, I can tell you at that moment, it was edifying. It was supernatural. It was amazing. Um, it was sweet. And I do desire that in, in our fellowship, we would move in that way, that people would be unhindered, um, that there'd be a freedom, not a freedom to get, you know, kooky, but there'd be a freedom to, to walk in the walk in the spirit. If God is speaking to you, man, share it. You might you might bless somebody's socks off. You'd be obedient with that word. And again, I would rather I'd rather share a word and, and, and grow in my ability to discern my, my noise, my head noise from God's voice. I'd rather start moving forward and grow in that than to just sit still 
and not be a part of what God's doing. And some of you here, there'll be things, some of you here, I know God has put things on your heart. I know he speaks to you. I know God will stir up things in your, in your mind and in your heart and, and you struggle with whether or not I'm going to step out and do it. I'm encouraging you and do it. Even if you step out and say, I think this is the Lord, you know, um, won't you let me know it, it, what happens, but I'm going to say it to you now anyway, you know, so you can grow in your confidence that, that you are hearing from the Lord. But because the end result is that the body's edified and we want to be a part of edifying one another. Amen. Moving on now, um, verse 28, he says, but if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and God. So he said, look, if there's no one to interpret, hold that, hold your peace. Let him keep silent. So this doesn't really leave room for the guy that says, I can't control it. The Holy Spirit just, he just made me go. You know, it's like, no, he said, if, if there's no one to interpret, then you keep silent, you know, hold your, hold your peace. Um, that's not for this meeting. If, if there's no one to interpret it, that everybody can be edified. So essentially he's saying if no one's there to, to, to interpret, then don't speak out in a tongue because it won't be edifying. And so that means if, if he can command you to do it, that means that you're in control of rather or not you do it. And again, I speak in tongues, you guys. I choose when I do so. I've never had the Holy Spirit just, you know, I've had times where in worship I, I feel led, I feel compelled, I feel moved. But it's still an act of the will. I still have to, I'm, a, I'm participating with the Holy Spirit in that process. I've never been in a trance. I've never had God take me over for good or bad. There's a constant, there's a yielding that's necessary. And so I said, look, if there's no one interpreting, keep, you know, hold your peace. Say something in English that can edify him in, you know, read a, read a verse out loud. So uh, moving on, um, verse 29, let two or three prophets speak. And let the others judge. And so same thing. He said, when they were coming together, everybody had a word. He said, look, two or three. Everybody not going to be running around, you know, prophesying. And this is the, the public proclamation. It's not the one-on-one -on -one sharing. He said, let there be two or three. And, and there need to be those that are there to judge. There need to be those that are there in oversight that are able to say, man, that's not right. And again, I've been in meetings where a word has gone forth or somebody wanted to bring a word and it needed to be judged and it was judged. Man, that was from the Lord. I've been where a word comes and it's not from the Lord. Uh, one example, um, at our previous church, there was a lady who believed that God had given her a word for the church. And so the pastor, hey, would you write it out? Um, the pastors meet on Thursday. We'd like to look it over. And if it's from the Lord, we'll let you come up and share it that everybody might be edified. Because a word from the Lord is we want it. And so from the first sentence of her supposed word from the Lord, it was it contradicted scripture. And it, it, all throughout, it was like, that's not, that goes against what the words say. That goes, that's not. So clearly, this was not a word from the Lord because would God contradict himself? He would not. So we had to let her know, like, hey, hey we're not going to share it. Somebody went through the letter, was kind enough to write the verses that would help her out and understand why this, we, this wouldn't be from the Lord, you know, and give it back to her that she could learn from it and grow from it as well. What she ended up doing instead was coming and once service got real quiet, she stood up and just started going, I want a word from God. And she started screaming it out and, and, and she got carried out. It was sad. But, um, you know, there were people there to judge, hey, is this from the Lord or not? And that's necessary. Like the guy I told you that brought the word and the pastor, no, that, that's for you, man. Um, there need to be those there to interpret because um, we're not just free with this mic. Um, I, I wouldn't just bring anybody up here and let them say anything to you guys. I'm responsible. Um, when I'm gone and I have somebody here, the, the men that stand here, these are men that I love and I trust. I believe they're men of God. I believe they're in the word. I believe that what they're going to share is going to be edifying and beneficial. And and I'm good with that. I'm, I'm never putting just at random. Um, I'm, this is not open to just whoever. 
because y'all are not my sheep. Y'all are God's sheep. I got to I got to my job is as I'm an under shepherd. You know, he's the true shepherd. But if, if I have anything to do with it, I'm not going to bring someone in or allow someone to just come up. And I just want to go say something. What does you want to say? And I, I just want to hear it. I've had people here that ask me and I heard it. And I let them say it. But I want to know what, what is it that you want to say? God ain't giving no secret words. You know, well, I just I just feel like it's just for me to tell them. Yeah. Not here. <laughs> you, you can stand on the sidewalk and tell them on the way out, but you can't just come up here and do that. You know. Oh, that's good. I'm sorry. OK, so moving on. Verse 31 for if you for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and be encouraged. And far as prophesying, you don't need to necessarily have the office of a prophet. It could, you might have a prophetic word in that way. You might be just speaking God's word to someone. It, it's prophetic. I mean, there are things in scripture that are just prophetic in nature. If I tell you the Lord's coming back, I prophesy according to the scripture. I mean, that's. It's, I don't want to make it deeper than that. Some people like to make it real like, you know, I got a prophetic word and you, I want you to call me Prophet Bill, you know, because I, I, I'm going to say some stuff that's futuristic and uh, the Lord's coming back. You know what I'm saying? It's, some things are we all have. There is a supernatural prophetic word where God may reveal something to someone that they speak. And there are times where God, again, may bring one to another, lay something on your heart to speak to someone and it, and it, be, it be prophetic. Um, we can all minister to one another in that way. You know, it's not like God only gives a prophetic word to a prophet. There may be someone that's, I, I'm not, I don't usually get this, but man, the Lord just put this in my heart and I'm going to share it and it'd be prophetic. Um, there are people in this church that I know right now, I wouldn't want to, uh, you know, point them out and embarrass them, but we, we've had prayer meetings here where guys that aren't ministers or anything like that just said, man, the Lord put this on my heart. And, and they shared and it's like, man, that, that was legit. That was from the Lord, you know, brothers and sisters in the body. You know, we want to be free to, to be used in that way. Verse 32. And the spirits of the prophet are subject to the prophets. Once again, um, nobody's in a trance. God's not taking anybody over. God's not making anybody, you know, uh, blab out something against their will. The spirit of the prophets subject to the prophets. Verse 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. And so when there is confusion, God lets you know right here, I'm not the author of it. I'm, I'm, I don't author confusion. That's, that's not what he does. Who's the author of confusion? Satan. That's what he, he's a, he, 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 he get everything all mixed up, mismatched. God said, I, I don't author confusion. I bring order. Later on, he's going to say, let, let all things be done. That's how this is going to end. He says, let, let all things be done, decent and in order. And a lot of people look at that as a, the, the middle ground between Pentecostalism and you know, maybe you're, you're, you're cessational Baptist, cessationist, you know, where Pentecostals just, they just do whatever, you know, everything goes. You can swing from the chandeliers, run laps, blame it on the Holy Spirit. Uh, I was showing the guys a video of a church like that where the guys were supposedly catching the Holy Spirit and they started running around doing laps. The pastor's up here, here, he's right here. One guy runs with his coat and he swings his coat as he's running like a cowboy and he throws it on the pastor and he just keeps running his laps. There's a baptismal behind them, and it was almost like they're one up in each other. Like, man, this is I'm that guy is more hyped than me. I'm gonna do something else. So one guy ran up on the stage and dived into the baptismal in his suit and got out. And I'm like, that, that, they blaming all that on the Holy Spirit. That's messed up. Maybe <laughs> lying on the Holy Ghost like that. That's, 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 that's a penalty for that, you know. And so in the middle there, it's like let all things be done decent and in order. Like we're not quenching the spirit in any area. 
Uh, we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit for today, absolutely. But we want it to be done decent and in order, in line with the Word of God. That's all we have time for today on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill has been teaching through the book of 1 Corinthians. This book addresses the idea of confronting sin. Paul knew it was more important to hit the issue head on rather than skirt around it for the sake of being approved of by the majority. This is a hard thing to do when you know that tough issues will cause disruption in a church or even a breach in relationship. But what matters most, pleasing God or pleasing man? It's something to keep in mind as you continue to study this New Testament book. Can we encourage you as you strive to walk out a life of faith, even when it's unpopular? Call or send a text to 310-245-4811. That's 310-245-4811. We'd love to meet you. Do you live in the Inglewood area? Then come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at calvaryinglewood.org. You can even find links to stream our services if you're not able to be with us in person. And you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is calvaryinglewood.org. As we come to the end of our time with you today, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as part of our listening audience. Would you join us in praying for others who are tuning in and may be hearing about Jesus for the first time? Pray that their hearts will be open to truth and change. Thanks for praying and thanks for joining us on A Transforming Word.